This is The Guardian. I'm Jane Lee and this is Campaign Catch-Up. It's Tuesday the 3rd of May. Today, Chief Political Correspondent Sarah Martin joins me to talk about how rising interest rates are shaping this election. But first, here's what happened today. Interest rates are set to rise after the Reserve Bank of Australia lifted the official cash rate even higher than expected by 25 basis points to 0.35% for the first time in over a decade. The decision today gave party leaders an opportunity to tell struggling voters who they should hold responsible for the rising cost of living and who they think is best placed to manage the economy after the election. Our government has been preparing for this also. We know that cost of living relief was necessary in the budget. Prime Minister Scott Morrison was in the seat of Dunkley in Melbourne's southeast when the decision was announced. As a result of our economic plan in this year's budget, we were able to provide that cost of living relief, to provide that shield as we've provided that shield across this pandemic. The last time the RBA lifted the cash rate during an election was in 2007. The then Howard government lost that election and then Prime Minister John Howard lost his seat too. Who do you want to rely on to ensure that we can minimise the impact of these pressures on your household budget, on your business. Labor leader Anthony Albanese warned that Morrison couldn't escape blame for bigger problems in the economy that persisted whether or not rates rose. Scott Morrison has presided over a circumstance whereby our debt had doubled before the pandemic, where circumstances whereby we've had increased debt increased government spending and increased taxation as a proportion of GDP. This is a Prime Minister whose economic record we're quite happy to debate on. Labor seized on the rate hike, with Shadow Treasurer Jim Chalmers saying the RBA's decision had destroyed Prime Minister Scott Morrison's already damaged economic credibility. Now, he asked in his press conference earlier today, what would Labor not have him do? Well, Labor wouldn't have had him waste $20 billion of JobKeeper for businesses that were already profitable and didn't need it. Labor wouldn't have had him waste $5.5 billion on submarines that'll never be built. A billion dollars... Albanese acknowledged that rates would continue to rise no matter who won the election, but said that only Labor was trying to help people deal with rising costs. If interest rates rise today, it would be a triple whammy under Scott Morrison's watch. That is just a fact. Under your watch, then, would it not be a whammy if interest rates rise? Under our watch, what we have is a plan to reduce costs of living on working families. He also rubbished the PM's previous suggestion that he didn't view the rates decision through a political lens. Everything that this guy does is political from day to day. It's never about the national interest. Coming up, Sarah Martin is here to discuss the impact higher interest rates are having on the election. Hey, Sarah, how are you going? Hi, Jane. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, Interest rates today. Mm. The cash rate's risen for the first time in more than a decade. And the Prime Minister's message seems to be that homeowners are going to be okay. They've made savings in preparation for this moment. Australia's doing much better on inflation and interest rates than other countries during this pandemic. And that that is all the government's doing. So let's unpack this a little bit. Yes, it's been a big day. What do you make of the government's representation of the situation that we're in at the moment? 
Yeah, okay. Well, look, I mean, I think it, it is right that the Reserve Bank is obviously beginning the process of normalising monetary policy. I mean, we do know that we have got through a pandemic and interest rates are at record lows of 0.1%, well, they were this morning. Um, so I think that was always going to happen. Um, I think the problem is that the government has obviously been making a virtue of its economic management and it really sort of undermines some of their key campaign messages uh, when you have an interest rate rise coming at a time when people are already feeling cost of living pressures. And we know that obviously inflation, the figures from last week were much higher than anticipated, even just a month ago in the budget that it came in a lot higher. So people are feeling the pinch. And so I think this really makes it difficult for the government to, one, sort of paint the risk of change when things currently are a bit turbulent and also sort of undermines their key message that they are the better party for economic management. Mm. I mean, yeah, as you say, Sarah, the coalition's been campaigning that it is the better economic manager of the two major parties. But beyond, you know, one-off cash payments and cuts to the fuel excise that was announced in the budget and a few other small measures, it doesn't seem to be able to point to much in the way of policy ideas to help people with the rising cost of living, unless I'm missing something. Yeah, look, I think definitely the measures in the budget were short-term cost of living relief, things like the cut to fuel excise, things like the cash payments for pensioners, and of course, the doubling of the low and middle income tax offset that people would get when they lodge their tax return in the end of June. Morrison was asked about this today, and he sort of tried to point to the coalition's uh, tax cut policy, which obviously all legislated and in place and will come in for people earning between $40,000 and $200,000. But I think the thing is because they're sort of old promises and obviously it was a long time ago now that the the coalition made those promises to cut income taxes. I don't think it's got a lot of currency. And so I think that Labor's sort of got some other direct cost of living policies that they are campaigning on and they're all new things like the housing policy, their energy policy, their childcare policy. So I think it's a lot easier for Labor to sort of point to examples of where they're giving support for various parts of life where people might be feeling a bit of hip pocket pressure. I think the government's uh, most recent new, like look over here, shiny thing, is the short-term relief and we know that that is limited and is not going to see people through to you know, past September when the, the fuel excise comes back on, um, the $250 cash payment is going to run out pretty quickly. So particularly for people who are already doing it tough, what the government's got on offer is really not enough. Mm. Well, Scott Morrison is right though when he says that the cash rate was at a record low and, and expected to rise all along. But do you think voters will be understanding of the international economic pressures that he refers to? Or do you think they'll blame the coalition and the PM for this situation? Well, it's a really good question and perhaps we will find out on election night how voters, uh, how much they blame the government for this. Um, I mean, I think people are aware. I mean, people haven't missed the fact that we've been through a pandemic. But at the same time, I think when people are feeling unhappy with their economic circumstances, it's sort of natural to blame the government. And I mean, obviously, Labor's been running pretty hard on the fact that the Prime Minister doesn't like to take responsibility for things. They know that his lack of empathy is a huge political weakness. So I think they will be trying to direct voter anger about their circumstances to the government. 
uh, in terms of, I guess, the international element of that, I think that's a harder sell. Um, I, I don't think people are looking up the comparative cash rates in the US and Canada and France and going, oh, well, look, Australia's doing pretty well. I don't think that that's how people work. They're just looking at their mortgage repayments. And if on the average mortgage, this is going to be an extra 85 bucks a month, that's a, a significant hit for someone whose budget is tight. Mm. Well, Labor is blaming the coalition not for the rate rise per se, because obviously the RBA is an independent body, but for the cost of living crisis that they say has happened under Scott Morrison's watch and for wasting public money on things like JobKeeper for profitable companies that didn't need it uh, and other things. Is this a fair attack? Hmm. Um, Oh, look, I feel like politics is never fair and it's probably some truth to the fact, obviously, uh, JobKeeper, for example, there's a lot of money that did go to profitable companies in the end. You know, obviously, the government would say, well, we're in the middle of the pandemic and we had to spend a lot of money. I can understand that they would suggest that that's not wasted money at the time. But uh, so is it fair? Yes, I think it's fair. I don't think it's entirely fair. I think that it's, can I say, like, 80% 80% fair if I had to, <laughs> if I had totally. to put a figure on it. Um, but, you know, I guess in a way politics and political attacks and we're in the middle of we're three weeks from an election, mm. so the fairness of uh, someone's criticism probably doesn't come into it that much. It is a potent line of attack and I don't think that the government really is going to be able to shield itself, to use one of Scott Morrison's favourite words of the day, from such criticism. And, you know, as I said, I think voters will direct their anger to the government. And it's sort of interesting when you look at that question about economic management and which party is best placed to to manage the economy. I think the, the conventional wisdom that is that there's sort of a natural advantage for the coalition on that when you're talking sort of high-level economic policy. But when you're talking about how people's lives are affected and cost of living concerns, then often that sort of switches the advantage to the Labor Party. So it's going to be a really interesting election to see how this plays out. And, of course, the last time we had an interest rate rise in an election campaign was 2007, and um, we know how that ended for John Howard. Mm, I mean, Labor's got the coalition on the defensive again for another week. Mm. First it was national security, then the inflation rate, and now uh, interest rate rises. What would the Mm. government need to do to turn this around in the last few weeks of the campaign? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's funny because on one level, uh, some in the coalition would say they're happy to be talking about the economy. I mean, they're not out there talking about health, for example, which is traditionally a Labor strength and one where the coalition is extremely vulnerable, as we saw in the 2016 campaign. But this sort of is going to test that conventional wisdom in a way that we haven't seen for a long time, both on national security and on the economy, um, in terms of what they need to do to shift the dial in the last three weeks, I guess depends what policies they've got yet to unveil. Are there going to be policies that assist people with these cost of living pressures or is what we've seen so far in the budget, is that it? Is there going to be anything else on housing, for example, childcare costs or education costs or um, any other cost of living relief? Um, I think that obviously the campaign strategists will be looking at their plans for the next few weeks and uh, try to work out whether they need to do more or whether they think they can get away with um, their current position and then just try and pivot to this being a broader question about economic management and taking the risk of an unknown government in uncertain times and I guess suggesting that things could always get worse. Thanks so much, Sarah. Bye. No worries. See you. That's your campaign catch-up for today. This episode was produced by Alison Chan, Karishma Luthria and me, Jane Lee. 
The executive producers are Miles Martignoni and Gabrielle Jackson. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow. Thank you.